In his second year in the NFL, Josh Gordon amassed 1,646 yards in his second year. That's more than Randy Moss or Terrell Owens ever compiled throughout their entire career. Josh Gordon burst into the scene. An athletic freak took over the field. He had 159 targets in his second year in the NFL. And I'm so sad looking back on the rest of his career because in 2014, that's when when the wheels really fell off the wagon here. It's sad to me to look back on his career and to think about what might have been had it not been for substance abuse issues and performance-enhancing drugs. And to be honest, some of these issues aren't even football-related. Let's talk about that. Let's huddle up. You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Josh Gordon has been suspended indefinitely again. Again. Poor guy. He's got a problem. Welcome back to the huddle. My name is Tony. Corey's with me today. Hello. Hello. Find Corey on Twitter at Wilkie Wonka FF. A few things to talk about today. The, the big news of the, of the week is Josh Gordon is now indefinitely suspended again for violations of performance enhancing drugs and substance abuse. Bummer. Yeah. Imagine what he could have been. Poor guy. Well, the problem is we're going to look back on this and we're going to, we're going to feel, we're all going to feel really stupid one day when nationally marijuana is, it's already becoming less taboo. So I'm not, I don't want this to become a conversation about whether or not you support it or not. But the reality is people are coming around to the idea that marijuana is not as, not as bad as, as what we thought it was in the past. It's just losing some of that social stigma. We're going to feel really foolish when we look back and every state in the nation has legalized recreational marijuana. And at one, at some point the NFL is going to do it too. I mean, it's only a matter of time with, with what Rob Gronkowski is now doing with CBD oil. I think it's only a matter of time. <laughs> yeah. A matter of time for every state besides Indiana. Well, yeah. We're going to be out here on an Island. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. And what are we going to do then to look back and to think what could have been with these players? Josh Gordon's not the only one. He's just the latest one. He missed so many games in his career. Two years. He was suspended two years once. Then reinstated. I feel like the league is coming around on this issue. The, my, the, the thing that makes me saddest about it is that not only is it, uh, I, I think it's, it's marijuana use, I believe, but nobody's actually said, I don't think that, it's marijuana use. I saw an interview with Ryan Leaf, Pat McAfee and Ryan Leaf, and Ryan Leaf runs an organization for substance abuse. He made it sound very, very clear like it was marijuana, like that was his regular habitual drug of choice. I, I bet there's a couple other in there. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm sure he loves marijuana. He probably smokes it all the time, whether he's getting tested or not. But I definitely feel like there's something else. I mean, he's, and Ryan Leaf talked a little bit about being on pills, and I, I would, bet money that Josh Gordon has a pill problem too with opioids and all that good stuff. So 
I feel like there's a little bit more to it. And then the PEDs have come in this time, but I mean, it's, it's just sad. He's got a problem and teams keep giving him a chance. And it makes you wonder if this is, you know, will they keep giving him a chance the or C- the Seahawks have come out and said they're, they're going to fight for him. I believe that he's in the, the one of the safest places he could possibly be right now with Pete Carroll and the, with the Seahawks. Yeah, I agree too. And it's when you do have him, he's a great football player, but it's just kind of what you get with him is you don't know if he's going to be on the field or not, but if he's playing, that's awesome. I don't think it's getting undone. The PEDs are a minimum of four games repeatedly has been suspended for as long as as two seasons for marijuana use in the past. I think he got his last chance. I, I, it's a bummer. I want to, I want to step away from Josh Gordon. I think everybody, everybody's on the same page there. I, if Josh Gordon was using performance enhancing drugs on the field to get, to get a competitive edge, that's a huge problem. But if Josh Gordon in his off time was smoking marijuana, I don't think I care about that. Really? No, no. Uh, but I don't think that's the issue, but man, it's great. In 13, he led the league. What was it? 1600 receiving yards, 1600 receiving yards. If he, he would have never probably done that again, but if he would have kept up some sort of pace like that, he'd probably, we'd probably be talking about him as one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. If he hadn't been suspended, we'd be talking about it right now. I, I mean, how that was his second year was 2013. So now he's seven or eight years yeah. in the league. We'd be saying right now, He'd be in his prime right yeah, now. Yeah, that's a bummer. Last week we talked, um, I'm sorry, on Tuesday, I talked about a little bit about Cole Beasley's helmet getting ripped off. And Corey mentioned <laughs> that to me. I had said last week that just a week or two after Miles Garrett imploded, that somebody ripped Cole Beasley's helmet off and nobody said a word about it. Well, I looked that up. I did some, some work in there because Corey actually brought it up. Xavier Woods. That's who ripped that helmet off. And I don't think I saw any fines. Was there anything? Did you see anything there? I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I heard nothing. It tripped a nerve with me because I argued with so many people. They're like, Mason Rudolph should have been suspended. No, he shouldn't have been suspended. If that whole incident before Miles, if it would have stopped, if it would have gotten broken up right before Miles Garrett swung the helmet, nobody would have gotten suspended. There probably wouldn't even been fines. I think they only fined Mason Rudolph just just to kind of do their due diligence and get it done. But everybody who thought he should be suspended, it's absolutely ridiculous. People try to rip each other's uh, helmets off all the time. And he, I mean, even looking at the Xavier Woods one, it doesn't look like that's exactly what he was trying to do. It looked like a face mask penalty when his helmet got ripped off. Right. But it was way more violent than what Mason Rudolph did to Miles Garrett. So it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I'm glad Mason Rudolph didn't get suspended because stuff like that happens all the time. Mason Rudolph paid for it though. Um, a lot of people, some people, I guess, didn't know that Mason Rudolph got fined. He got fined $50,000, which doesn't seem like a lot. Rudolph's base salary for the season is $658,000. So if you divide that up among 16 games, Mason Rudolph paid to play in that game to get his helmet ripped off and to get hit in the head with it. He literally wrote a check to have that happen. And to throw a bunch of picks and lose the football game. Yeah, that's the truth, too. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I, I see both sides. I went back and I watched the video again of, of that whole ordeal. And I tried to focus just on the, like, three seconds where Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph were going to the ground. And I'm telling you right now, Mason Rudolph provoked that. Period. I don't care if you provoked it or not. I understand. It doesn't matter. I think the fine's enough. I think the fine got everybody's attention. And I agree with what you're saying. Had it not been elevated to the point of a player's helmet getting ripped off and getting hit in the head with it, 
I agree. It all would have moved on. It had just been a scrum at the bottom of a pile and we never would have heard about it. But he was provoked. It did escalate. Here we are. Another thing that I talked about last week was the scandal in New England. Well, I can delete this right here for you. I can delete this right here that for you. That guy has the most Boston accent I've ever heard. Well, yeah, he's from Boston. That's awesome. Yeah, Corey, Corey agreed with the idea that it does not sound like somebody who is suddenly realizing they're not doing something they're supposed to be doing. No, it sounds so in preschool, this would happen multiple times or you just growing up, you'd be fighting with another little kid about some stupid toy and you'd get mad. So you'd smack them and then they'd start crying, getting upset. And you're like, Oh no, they're going to tell the teacher. And then you're like, no dude, don't tell the teacher hit me back, make it even. But then they kind of look at you and they're like, now nah, I'm telling the teacher, which is exactly what this sounds like. The, it sounds like the Patriots knew they did something wrong and the Bengals are going to tell the teacher and they're like, no, 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 I do, I'll delete it. I can delete it. And they're like, nah. Yeah. I mean, that situation's still going to unravel. We still have a whole lot more information to gather there. Week 16 is exciting though. And week 16 is here. Major playoff implications this week. Um, the Cowboys and the Eagles are both seven and seven teams. They're facing each other this weekend and the winner takes all really. This is a playoff game. Basically. Corey brought this up to, we, we had conversations last night about the best, who, which, which game is the biggest of the week. And we had some disagreements here. Um, I think this game actually fits well. Corey did a podcast on Saturday night. I think it went up by Sunday morning uh, all about QB contracts and tiers. He tiered out the quarterbacks tier one quarterbacks tier, even whatever. If you go back and listen to it, you'll understand his thought process on how he ranks a quarterback. And I'm sure he'll share it. Corey, just share some of that a little bit. Um, let's look at this game. Let's go ahead and put the quarterbacks into tiers here. Cowboys at Eagles winner take all game. Who's got the better quarterback? Obviously we already know this answer, I think. And where would you, where would you tier him? So I talked about it Saturday night. I have Dak Prescott in tier three. Um, I think he's a guy you can pay a long time, but you don't want to break the bank for him. You know what you're going to get. Um, I guess I think we're going to disagree here a little bit. I kind of feel the same way about Carson Wentz, and I'm going to reveal this list kind of over time. I don't wait, wait. When you say tier three, just touch on the tiers again real quick. So I don't want to, I, I don't think that you think that he is a subpar quarterback. That's not what you're saying. Right. right? That's not, it's, okay. it's a different kind of list. So normally it'd be like elite, almost elite. Yeah, yeah. Average. So my tier one is a giant contract, four years, maximum money, kind of like Russell Wilson. He's getting 35 mil. Uh, tier twos, big money, same money, uh, just a shorter term. So two years, you don't know if you want this guy in the future, but he's great right now. Tier three is a long term, mid level money, kind of like uh, trying to remember who he used as an example. Just uh, Nick Foles, he's getting paid like 25 million a year for four years. And then tier fours, Mid-level money for two years, so you don't want them. They're not your future. Okay. So anyway, Dak Prescott, you've got him in tier three. I do. Because we know what, what he is, and the and you can go to the podcast and listen, but the argument is that he should be the highest paid quarterback in the league, which I guess it sounds great, but is that really what's good for this football team? Is he really that great? What about the... I saw a bunch of stuff going on with the Pro Bowl, by the way, with Dak Prescott. This works out because I think this will help prove my point. And your point, too, to be fair. The, everybody's upset right now that Dak Prescott's not in the Pro Bowl, but Aaron Rodgers is. 
And I in their argument is the stat line. They're posting up. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a picture of <laughs> their stats next to each other. And by the way, Dak Prescott's got seven more interceptions than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers' stat line looks better than Dak Prescott's in the comparison. So it's really stupid. And Dak Prescott's seven and seven, and Aaron Rodgers is ten and three. Get out of here. Well, and that's my that's my thought process is Aaron Rodgers is ten and three. And he's put the game on his back when the surrounding cast has been less than ideal. Early in the year, Devontae Adams had toe, turf toe. Geronimo Allison and Geronimo Allison and, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling both out. I mean, there was nobody. It's a lot like that situation going on with the Eagles right now where there aren't – there's just not a supporting cast. The, the, and that's our, actually – I'm giving away a hint here. That's kind of why I like Nick Foles. I mean, gosh, dang it. I keep doing this. Carson Wentz, um, this whole – Thing needs scrubbed a little bit. No. I'll scrub it later. Nope. Not scrubbing. Gonna scrub it. All right. So Carson Wentz, what are you trying to say here? What I'm trying to say is Aaron Rodgers is putting the team on his back and winning football games. Exactly. He's relying on his defense. He's not getting flashy. He's not doing crazy things. He's a field general and he's winning games. The stats are less important than wins and losses. Yep. Only thing that matters. Dak's not getting it done. He's a 7-7 seven and seven team. About to potentially lose to the Eagles. If, if Dak loses to the Eagles, we can't even talk about him being a Tier 1 quarterback. Yep. Yup. And I have Carson Wentz. <sighs> I have him in the same tier as Dak yeah, Prescott. He's a Tier 3 quarterback, yeah. And my big thing is... <laughs> He hasn't looked as good. Like his rookies, it was his rookie season when he was playing out of his mind. He was rolling. Like, I remember that play where the pocket collapses on him and he sneaks out the back and makes this amazing play. Was that his rookie season? I think it was his sophomore year. So he hasn't lived up to that hype since he got injured. So, but you, again, you know what you're going to get out of him, except for that terrible screen pass or this year where he just completely overthrew his guy. But, um, I do like Wentz a little bit better than Dak Prescott, but I wouldn't. I'd probably pay him the same amount of money. I might do. I might put him in tier two if I'm following your rules. I might pay. I might pay both of these guys. Uh, I would if I would pay Carson Wentz the money, but not for a long time. I yeah, you can make that argument. Yeah, but if 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 Carson Wentz stays healthy, pay him the money. If he doesn't stay healthy, get out while you can. And that's kind of the way I look at it there. Anyway, we got we got distracted by quarterback talk. Big game coming up. Cowboys at Eagles. What do you expect to happen here, Corey? I expect the Eagles to win. Um, you mentioned this last night. Dak Prescott has an injury, which is weird because I hadn't really heard about it until last night. Yeah, nobody heard anything until all of a sudden it was like a huge problem. Yeah, and... Jason Garrett said he's having a hard time functioning, which is kind of odd. I don't, I don't, I didn't hear the quote. I just saw it, but uh, I mean that, I mean, that's going to put them at even more of a disadvantage and the games in Philly, those fans are nuts. And I, I do expect Philly to win this game, take over the division. Both teams have a cakewalk in week 17. I expect them to both win next week. So I think whoever wins this game is your division winner. This team makes the playoffs. Yeah. Unfortunately, with a, at best case, nine and seven record. Yeah. That would be best case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So there's another thing. We'll talk about this another day. 
But does it make sense that a team with a nine and seven record or an eight and seven record or an eight and eight record? I'm sorry, because that's what it could be. Does it make sense that a team with an eight and eight record hosts a playoff game? So I think it's fine that they get in. I think the team with the better record should be the home team. We'll like, talk about that. Let's save that. Let's save yeah. that for another day. And maybe that'll be a playoff edition. Sure. That, that's a good conversation to have. Okay. I agree. I think that, um, I think that the Eagles are going to win this game. Jason Garrett is on his way out the door. It's all said and done. I mean, it, the paperwork hasn't been signed, but that's really all there is to it. Uh, with Jason Garrett, one foot out the door with a team that's supposed to have been dominating the NFL, not doing that. We're seeing a defense slowly soften, adding an injury to the quarterback. It's just a disaster. This is going to, this is, I think this, we're seeing the, the bottom of this thing fall out. Is this, I don't, I don't know that it's the best game of the week though. I wrote down another game. We had a long conversation about this last night and I think you were trying to, I think you thought I was saying that this game is a bigger game. I don't know if it's bigger. I just think it's equally big. The Saints go to the Titans. The Saints go to the Titans for week 16, and that's another, that's not a winner-take-all game, but everything's on the line for for the Titans. Titans need to win out, and the Titans have been a wrecking ball the last few weeks. Last week was a little bit of a different situation. Last week against Houston. But recently, they've come on very hot. If the Titans win out, and... Houston loses one game or the Steelers lose one game, then the Titans are in the, and they, they take over the AFC South. I'm pretty sure if I was playing with the playoff machine last night. And if I remember right, if, if the Titans lose out and the Steelers lose out, (laughs) the Titans get in as a wild card. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. I see it as a play. The playoffs start today. Or Sunday for the Titans. Do they play Sunday or Saturday? I should have known that before I said Sunday. that. The playoffs start that day. And it's win or go home. That, that's got to be the mindset. That makes them very scary to me. That To me, that gives them an advantage over other teams like the Saints, who now at this point are just playing for a home field advantage. The Saints are going to the playoffs. It's all said and done. When you're saying, when you're, I, I, I don't know what it's like to be an NFL player, but when I'm thinking about the consequences, if my consequences are I have to have a road game or my consequences are I don't play anymore, the I don't play anymore wins out almost every time. So I don't know. I think this game's going to be fun. I think it's going to be surprising. I think it's going to be a lot different than it was last week when the Colts went to New Orleans. We'll see what Drew Brees has today. I mean, Sunday. I mean, that's when, that's when we're going to find out if the old dog still has it. Well, I think he does. He's going to be 41 next month. He's not throwing the ball down the field the same, but the whole team has been on the same page. One of the earliest podcasts, we talked about the importance of uniformity and a system. And Sean Payton runs a great system. So I don't know what's going to happen with this game, but I'm super excited to watch this. It'll be good. Are either of these games in the best bets of the week, Corey? Oh, by the way, Corey's still hot. Best bets still of hot. the week. Recap last week real quick. What's your new record and what are your bets this week? Uh, three and one last week. I'm now eight, three and one. 
Hopefully I can keep this rolling. Um, I hit on the Patriots minus nine and a half. Texans plus three. Bills plus two. The Dolphins let me down. My favorite team in the NFL right now. Um, Missed the Dolphins plus three and a half. Real quick, I had somebody ask me last week if they should parlay my picks, and you should not. Because first of all, I've never hit all four, and you're playing on um, a point spread, which is a 50-50. So if you parlay them, you're going to miss one almost every time. The point here is to get most of them right so you can make money. If you're going to parlay anything, you should just pair one of these picks with a favorite just to make your odds better. I mean, it's not going to increase them by a whole lot, but if you put a favorite in there then and you hit the bet, you're just going to get a little extra money. So you're saying, give me an example of that. I want to make sure, I think everybody gets it, um, but we're, we're a new podcast. We got some new listeners. I want to make sure everybody's on the same page and moving in the same direction with us. When you say to if you're going to parlay it to take a favorite, would you take money line? I guess, what's your thought process? Does it matter? I mean, are you just saying if you want to parlay them, take one or two, which right. I guess one would so, not be a parlay. Like just for example, um, so last week, if you took the Texans plus three, you could have just parlayed it with the Patriots money line because the Patriots were, they're playing the Bengals. It was like a lock. So if you hit the Texans, you just get a little extra odds with that Patriots money line, which is almost guaranteed. Got it. So it just makes your odds better. It gives you a little extra money. What's your bets of the week? Uh, my first one, I've got the Ravens minus 10 at the Browns. The Ravens average point differentials 15.3, and that includes losses, which is insane. So they cover every week on a 10-point spread, um, and they lost to the Browns by 15 in week four. So this is going to be a revenge game for them. And the Ravens look unstoppable. They've won 10 straight. They're like a, I've said it before, they're like a college football team. Number one in the country, just stomping everybody. Are you a little bit worried at all that Lamar Jackson doesn't play this whole game? And if he doesn't, does that change your, your thought process here at all? It would. If he, if he doesn't play, yeah. Uh, just see what the line does. It's still going to be, there's he, still going to start. So let's, let's, let's move. Let me make up a situation. If Lamar Jackson starts the game, which we assume he will, I think that they'll still have enough cushion by halftime to cover the spread. But if he doesn't return at halftime, what's the, I mean, if it's Robert Griffin, can he hold the 10 points? I've, I think you'll be fine just because they're, it's a well-coached football team. Harbaugh is going to put Robert Griffin in the right situation, and I'd be confident to just roll with it. The more I think through it, the more I still like it because the Browns are not a well-coursed organization, and if we're not careful, I'll get another tirade here about how much <laughs> I don't like what's happening in Cleveland. Let's not do that. Freddie and his Ferrari. I don't want to talk about the Corvette, bud. But anyway... That Corvette's got a flat tire, no way around it. I agree with you. Even if Lamar Jackson only plays half the game, I, I do like that bet. What else do you have? That's hard to predict. I think you just got to go into it and assume he's going to play. And they're just a better football team. Uh, my second one, I got the Saints minus two and a half at the Titans. So we were just talking about this. You really like the Titans. I'm just saying I like the game. And I do like the Titans. Now, I don't want to be disrespectful to the Saints. If on paper... I expect the Saints to win the game. But it's the Titans. That's all I'm trying to say, that anything could happen here. 
So, and I, I think I called it last week. Tannehill came back down to earth. He wasn't a superstar like he's been the last whatever, three out of four games they were winning. Did you just hit me with a, I called that last week? Yeah. All right. So he's come back down to earth a little bit. I would expect that to continue here with the Saints. I think I think I said this last week as well. The Titans are kind of built like the Colts. They're run first. And if one, you know, if one part of the formula isn't working, it kind of, the whole thing slows down. So I I think the Saints can carry that same uh, formula they took with the Colts and carried into the Titans. And they rolled the Colts. So I think the Saints are going to cover. Uh, two and a half is nice. So if the Saints end up kicking a field goal at the you know a tie game, they kick a field goal to win, you cover. So I like the Saints here. They're better, the, they are the better football team. Next up, Bengals at Dolphins. Dolphins get a point. Who are you taking? Well, it's the third week in a row. We got the Dolphins here. They're my favorite team in football. And they're getting a point at the their home against the lowly Bengals. I think the Dolphins are the better football team. Getting points, a common theme here. Don't overthink. Don't overthink your bets. Just look at it. If there's a better team getting points, just take it. And you'll be okay. Um, Dolphins are at home. They're the better football team. Last one is our other matchup. Actually, so that's kind of cool. Both of the matchups that we thought were the best of the week. They are both here. They're both in here. Last one, Cowboys at Eagles. Eagles are getting two and a half points. You like them. We've already talked about some of that stuff, so let's shorten this. We'll just shorten this one up a little bit. From my my perspective, I agree with this bet 100%, although there is risk involved. But knowing that Dak Prescott has an injury, knowing that Jason Garrett's one foot out the door, knowing that that defense has slowly shown signs of softening, I like the Eagles. I do too. They're getting two and a half points, and we both think they're just going to win straight up. So it just kind of makes sense to take them here. And the Eagles have kind of snuck into this position where they're tied with the with the Cowboys. They're playing good. Carson Wentz has been playing well. Um, and they're at home, like I said earlier. Dak's hurt. And the better team's getting points. Just keep it simple, people. There you have it. Keep it simple, people. Keep it simple, people. Keep it simple, people. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Three.